Welcome this morning. My name is Spencer and I'm the pastor at Schweitzer. Uh, today, we claim the promise that where two or three are gathered together, that Jesus is among us. And so today, uh, we may not be together physically in the same room, but we gather together in the spirit of Jesus and we know that he is with us and he's gonna speak with us and, and visit with us today. Uh, today, we're gonna continue a series that we're on called Together, where we're looking at, at what the Bible teaches us about our local church and how it is that we uh, gather and function together. We're reading through the book of 1 John to learn uh, what, what the Bible teaches us about our local church. Uh, today, if you're watching live, we encourage you to, to use the chat feature. You can share a hello and, and a greeting with others and talk with others. Um, there's a live prayer request. If you are watching live, you can share a prayer request with us as well through the chat. And we encourage you to participate along with others this morning um, as we worship. Uh, next Sunday, June 21st, will be our first in-person service. We're having both online and in-person starting June 21st. We want to share some information with you about what in-person worship will look like next Sunday, June 21st. We're excited to welcome you to in-person worship services at Schweitzer beginning Sunday morning, June 21st. We will be continuing our online worship services every Sunday morning. So if you have a health issue that keeps you from worshiping with us, we encourage you to worship with us online on Sunday mornings at 9.02 a.m. or anytime during the week. We'll be limiting the number of people in our sanctuary services to 150 to allow for social distancing. We invite you to pre-register your attendance by going to sumc.co to register for each Sunday's worship service. You'll be able to do this beginning on Monday mornings. If our service is full at 9 a.m., we'll add an additional service at 1045 a.m. We will need to be flexible during this reopening time, and we certainly appreciate your patience. As you enter the church campus, we invite you to park anywhere you'd like. However, we will only be entering through entrance A. All other entrances will be closed. Doors to the church will open 15 minutes prior to each worship services. One of our friendly First Impressions ushers will be glad to show you to your seat. We'll be alternating rows to provide for proper social distancing. This means that you might not be able to sit in your usual spot. We appreciate your patience as we strive to create a great worship experience. Immediately following each worship service, our First Impressions ushers will dismiss you by rows so that you might exit the sanctuary and through the garden doors. This will allow us plenty of time to re-sanitize the areas prior to our next worship service. We encourage you to wear a mask to avoid spreading germs. We'll have a limited number of masks available for you at entrance A. As you arrive on the church campus, we ask you to check in on your mobile device. If you need help, there will be a sign at entrance A that says, need help checking in? We'll be glad to assist you. Please remember to maintain a distance of six feet between you and the next family unit. As you approach entrance A, as you enter the building, as you're seated in the sanctuary, and as you depart to go back to your car after worship. Our hospitality area and our water fountains will be closed for health reasons. We encourage you to bring your own water bottle if you'd like. We're certainly looking forward to worshiping together in person. Each week will look a little different as we strive to create a touchless worship atmosphere. We appreciate your understanding and your flexibility. Be sure to check out sumc.co slash reopening for the most up-to-date reopening information. I look forward to smiling at you with my eyes, giving you a big air hug, and worshiping with you again soon, whether that's online or in person.
Over the last four months as we've been doing online worship, it's been amazing to see how God has used uh, this new platform to reach all kinds of new people. I wanna share with you a map that shows some of the reach that we've had across the nation as people have tuned in from different places. And I'm just so thankful that God has been able to use this uh, brand new way of reaching people. And we're gonna continue um, into our future of, of offering this online worship. It's amazing to see how God has used us to reach so many more people in so many different places than we could have otherwise. A Vacation Bible School is coming up this summer, and if you'd like to be a host of a VBS block party as we're moving Vacation Bible School from one week to multiple weeks in lots of different places, we encourage you to go to sumc.co slash VBS. Uh, there you can sign up, you can pick your dates, we'll resource you with everything that you need for Vacation Bible School so that we can offer a fun-filled week for kids um, in our area. So now today as we gather together, let's worship. Today, as we come together to pray, we wanna to continue to pray uh, for God to move in, in areas of racial injustice uh, for the end of the pandemic, uh, for God's goodness and love to be shown to a very anxious, filled, fear-filled world, and, and for us to be the kinds of people who get to share this good news with others. So let's come together um, and pray this morning. So 
So Father, today we uh, do give you thanks for your goodness, for your love that you have shown to us. We give you thanks for one another, how we are a church that stands uh, together, um, united and unified in Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for the gift that you've given us in community. And we also wanna pray today for our world. Uh, we wanna pray that you would bring healing where there is, where there is brokenness, that you would um, bring justice where there is injustice, that you uh, would make the wrong things right as the only as you can do as we look um, in hope at what you are able to do in the world. Uh, we pray about this pandemic, and as uh, we continue to, to move through the stages of, of reopening, we want to pray, Father, that you would, um, in this pandemic, we want to pray for a vaccine. We want to pray, God, that you would be um, at work in so many people's lives who find themselves ill and find themselves afraid um, of what it is that, that might be out in the world. God, we thank you that in all things, we can trust you. In all things, we can look to you. In all things, we can find hope and peace that's found in Jesus Christ. So today, we want to join our voices with uh, people all over the world and all through time as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. John 3.16 teaches us that for God's love the world, uh, that he gave his one and only son. And so today as we give, we give because God has given so generously and graciously to us. If you'd like to give this morning, you can find a link, sumc.co slash give, as you can um, give online. And we encourage you as you give, that we give with joyfulness, we give with generosity, and we give with the knowledge of what God has given to us. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then the light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus makes me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. And when you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my way is dream without a ray of cheer. And just a little cloud of doubt creeps o'er the day. The mist of sin may rise and hide the sunlit skies, but just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I mention doubts and fears. My heart's been filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care. And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry, he will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you 
Though the little fire is burning, you will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him about our troubles. You will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. You feel the prayer will turn in. Then you know the fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. This year, Schweitzer's been sharing the stories of those who are connected to our church. And so this Sunday, as we continue 52 stories, we're gonna hear from Donnie Bryant. So I am involved in the facilities here. I'm the beauty on duty on Sundays. Um, I basically uh, just take care of unlocking the church and making sure everything is taken care of on Sundays. And then I'm also involved in the mentoring and the life change plan and um, things like that. Uh, many years ago, I started going through a very bitter divorce and um, it took a lot of years to get through and it really uh, kind of eviscerated me as a man. Um, and it changed the way I see things and it changed the way um, I felt like people thought about me. Through the process of the divorce, things happened and I ended up having to spend a little bit of time in prison. And, and during that time, I, I came, this, this phrase kind of kept popping through my brain, the favor of God always goes before me in everything that I do. Um, there was a, it was right around 4th of July, <clears throat> there was a, um, a bicycle rally, if you will. There were about 30 bicycle, uh, motorcycles. There was a, it's a motorcycle club, that, but they're Christian based and they go to prisons and things and they, it's a ministry of theirs. And I'm wandering along these motorcycles and this one caught my attention and I just stood there and looked at it for a minute. The guy that owns the bike comes up and asks me if I want to get on it and I said, no, I don't want to wreck your bike. And, we just chit-chatted for a second and I started to walk away and he taps me on the shoulder and says, I think my wife wants to talk to you. And I turned around, I'm wearing a little name badge and she looks real close at the name badge and taps it and goes, I've been looking for you. It turns out that my brother, who's a, who's a pastor of a church in Iberia, which is close to the prison where I was, um, is involved with these people. They go to his church. And he said, if you get to get the chance to look for my brother. So out of 2,000 guys, they found me. And out of 30 motorcycles, only one caught my attention. I stood there and wept and prayed with them for, for a few minutes. I wept for days and it started my journaling process, started a whole different game for me. And uh, coming out of prison, a friend of mine who was at the time the director of facilities here at Schweitzer asked me if I needed a job, which was required to go under parole coming out of prison. And I asked him at that time, you know, do, do they care about having somebody who's a felon? working for them and he said they kind of want that. They're a big church that wants to give people a second chance and help people get back into life. So it was really fun and exciting to get back into or get into because it was something I'd never done before, um, just helping people get back into life because I had stepped out of the entire life of a Christian. Uh, stepped away from the church, I didn't do any of that stuff. And coming back into Schweitzer from day one, um, the people that I felt like the church had ostracized me, everybody at Schweitzer looked me in the eyes, this big bald tattooed guy coming out of prison. Everybody looked at me and said, good morning, 
They were very welcoming, very kind. All of the parishioners, all of the staff, it's been a very gracious and wonderful experience. My name is Donnie Bryant, and this is just the beginning of my story. Morning, friends. I'm Jim, and it's really good to be with you. And I'm excited, excited to continue this sermon series. It's our second week, a series we're calling Together. And we're exploring the church, the church that Jesus wants to build. And it's a church that, that is we're bound by Jesus. Uh, God is with us. And it's also really important that we understand what our role is in building the church that Jesus desires. Last week, Pastor Spencer got us off to a great start and built a foundation for this series in teaching us about a, a foundational uh, concept. And it's a word that we use a lot, and it's fellowship. And fellowship for us can mean uh, having coffee with our friends before or after worship, or, or more than that, in the, in the Greek, the Greek word koinonia, koinonia is, uh, is really a deep word with many, many meanings that include partnership and relationship and unity and commitment. And so although our sense of fellowship is good, it's all good, we have to understand that fellowship is so much more. And it's really built, it's built in the fellowship that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have for each other, this self-giving love as they give that love to us. And that's how we live it out in the church. And our foundation today for this series is, is the scripture, and it comes from 1 John. And John is, a, is an old pastor now, and he's writing to some people that he really loves. He's speaking to them. He loves them dearly, but he's, he's going to be clear. And he's going to be simple, and uh, it's just really beautiful words that he has for us. There's over 5,000 uh, Greek words in the New Testament, and he uses 303, but it's not superficial. It's not superficial. He has lived with Jesus, walked with Jesus, did ministry with Jesus, was there when Jesus died and resurrected. So John has profound truth for us to live out. And it's a really practical series that we're creating as we, we want to see uh, real time. Not only was uh, these words for the, the folks back then in the church, it's what it, these words have for us today, how they impact our lives in really practical ways. So we're going to begin uh, picking up the scripture from last week, and we're in the first chapter, uh, cha or verse 8. And so hear these words from the uh, apostle John. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he that's God. God is faithful, faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, and here is John. It, it kind of reminds me, his term of endearment. It's almost as if it's a grandpa talking to you. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. He's guiding us out of sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one. We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. The whole world. Amazing, amazing statement. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar pretty candid, is a liar, 
and the truth is not in him. This is how we know. This is the second time that he has said, this is how we know. We know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, again, a term of endearment. I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had from the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. It's the truth. Its truth is seen in him and in you and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble, nothing. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness as if they're lost. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him, not seeing clearly. Well, I love how John uh, gives, this, gives us these words and he begins uh, speaking just again, really candid, speaks about sin and being self-deceived, such an interesting concept. And in sin, we know that that's where we miss the, war, the mark. We miss the mark and, and don't live as God intends for us to live. And we can sin through actions or inactions. We can hear God and turn away. And so in this, uh, this scripture, when I search the scriptures about self-deception, this, uh, this concept of what do we do to ourselves, there's so many scriptures associated with self-deception, over 50. And one really struck me as I searched the scriptures, and that is from Obadiah. And Obadiah is a Old Testament, so hundreds of years before Jesus, in the Old Testament, a prophet who says these words about a group of people because we can... Um, we can deceive ourselves both as groups, but also as individuals. And he's speaking to a group of people and from this place called Edom, which is next to the people of Judah, which is the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. And he says this to them. He says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. You should not look down on your brother in this day of misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah and their destruction. So there's people of Edom as the prophet tells them, that their pride and arrogance has, uh, has made them have cold hearts and they sit on the sidelines as people are, are, are being destroyed and they're not stepping in to help their neighbors. And so God, uh, God tells us there are consequences for this. And also then it makes me think about a group of people like the Pharisees who we know, uh, even though they knew the scripture and they knew the do's and don'ts, that they could have cold hearts and, and would use their, their knowledge and their power uh, to lord over people. And so we know that uh, as groups of people, we can be self-deceived, like the people of Edom were, like the Pharisees were, but also we can be self-deceived as individuals. And so for me, I'll use, uh, I'll use myself as an example. And these are, uh, I think these are, are good examples, not necessarily proud of them, but uh, they are true. And so when I, uh, when I first came to Schweitzer, and I'm a loyal person, so Roxanne and I, we joined the church and we took these vows that we would actively live out our faith through our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. And shortly after I did this, I began uh, talking to God about how I was going to adjust, adjust these uh, vows that I took. And I see that for me, I, I often sense that I can uh, self-deceive myself through rationalization or justification. 
And so I began to adjust those vows for me. And I thought to, said to God something like, uh, God, what I'm going to do, and I, and I think you're okay with this, is that I'm going to double down on service. I'm going to do twice the service. And I'm really not going to give that much. And I know that that's going to be okay. And, and, and for me, as I look back at that, not only is that uh, deception, but it's uh, such self-deception that, that the very weakness or the, uh, the sin that I had, where I was missing the mark, was in the very area that I needed it, is, is that I was greedy and I didn't trust God. And so where the community comes in and what's so important was, I didn't know what I didn't know. I was fairly new to the church. And the community, other people came in, this fellowship in the community came in and inspired me. They showed me, they taught me, saw examples of how we can trust God, that we can trust God. Also, Roxanne wasn't deceived. So we, uh, we were generous. We were really generous people. And we've come to where we would, um, we give, we tithe and, and more. But it's something that, that we often have to learn and be inspired that uh, for me, I had to trust God, but I was uh, really self-deceived. Also then, about the same time, so I said I would double down on service, I wanted to teach kids. And I, I thought that, that God wanted me to do that. But then I began to hear other voices, other voices that said to me, uh, you're not qualified. Um, you don't know the scripture. And there was some truth in that. I didn't know all the Bible stories, but I knew some and I was capable and I was, I thought and willing to learn. And uh, and then other people came up to me about the same time. First was Liz and said, hey, Jim, we'd like you to teach Sunday school. You know, I'd coach kids. And she said, uh, not only that, we'll resource you. And Roxanne came alongside and said, we could do this. Uh, Roxanne really knows the scriptures. And then not only that, this is where community comes in, where God has us. What's our role as individuals? Uh, I was resourced and Liz put a person next, next to me, alongside me to teach kids named Granville Henderson. And Granville is awesome, a teacher by vocation, really knew the scriptures. And so I, I learned the scriptures through teaching, but also learned how to teach through this fellowship, this koinonia that God placed in my life. And so God really surrounds us and empowers us with other people through this fellowship of the spirit. And so I love, uh, love how God works uh, in our lives there. And in the scripture today, in the middle of this text that we're looking at, I also love, I love how John tells us not only can we know God, but how do we know that we know God? And we, we can do that in a couple ways, a couple ways. One is that uh, through obedience, in other words, we live as God uh, tells us, and, and that's good. But also he says that we must, we must walk as Jesus did. And so, you know, how do we do that? How do we do that? And so as I explored this, I thought about a class that myself and others are in right now on Zoom. And uh, I never thought I'd be uh, leading a class along with a good friend, Bob Lund, on Zoom. It's kind of like Hollywood Squares as you, as you teach. And that's probably an old reference. And some people probably don't know what uh, Hollywood Squares is. And so I guess you can Google that. And that's probably even a, an older guy reference. And so, uh, but anyhow, it's, uh, as we Zoom, as we, as we learn together, we're really exploring what it is, uh, it is to follow Jesus. And how can we know God? And to know God, uh, John Wesley, this class about John Wesley, who founded Methodism, but really didn't want to find anything. He was just uh, trying to faithfully follow Jesus and began a movement. Uh, he, he was a really practical uh, thinker and follower of Jesus. And he said, well, we can know if Jesus is, is in us by what comes out of us. And so in his teachings, he references the scripture. 
And he, he points to uh, Galatians, where Paul tells us, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Not sure if I got them all, but uh, uh, there's nine. And, uh, well, I suspect that uh, a really great memory is not, not necessarily a fruit of the Spirit, but we know what God is in us if, if what comes out of us is, is from God. Also, he will tell us that God is in us. We can know God is in us if we're not self-absorbed. And in uh, Galatians, or excuse me, in Philippians, Paul tells us, Paul tells us, if you have any fellowship, so there's that word again, if you have any fellowship with the Spirit, do nothing out of self, selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. So here's this really radical concept of humility and considering others better than ourselves. That's how we know God and that God is in us. And of, we, of course, all over the Gospels, we know that God is in us. And we know God if we have a servant's heart, that we take the nature of a servant. Because Jesus said throughout the Gospels that he came to serve rather than be served and gave his life for many, for many. And so the, uh, the scriptures, knowing God, are really clear to us. And for me, uh, as I thought about this uh, knowing God, it's this sense of fellowship. What happens here, what happens here impacts the world, the whole world. And so we take this fellowship that we gain here in the church and we take it to our neighborhoods. We take it to the world. As Pastor Spencer told us, we're, we're bigger than ourselves and bigger than a church that's fellowship of the Spirit outside of this place. And I think about uh, 27 years ago when Roxanne and I moved into the, uh, to our neighborhood, into our neighborhood uh, in Cinnamon Square. And we were there and I, uh, I came to know people who knew God. Uh, right away, as soon as we moved in, this, this lady named Nancy came to our porch and asked us if she could do anything for us. Asked us if, uh, uh, well, she brought food, too. She brought some great food. And then she asked us if uh, she could take care of her kids or uh, any other ways that she could help us. And her kids started babysitting our kids, gained us a real sense of community. Um, I found out that they are, were really faithful people. They were servant leaders in the church. They were really humble. Talked about their faith, not in an arrogant way, but just a supernaturally natural, as they talked about their relationship with God and others. And they really inspired me as a time I was coming to faith. Uh, they drew me to God. I wanted to be more like uh, Nancy and Mike, the couple across the street. And so the, it, it really matters. It really matters how we, we take the fellowship that we have here and our role here at the church and then our role in the neighborhood uh, as God uh, continues to shape us. So God is good and, and God shows himself through us. And then John in the scripture today John wants to make sure that we clearly, we clearly know who God is. And oftentimes we, we can know best by, by uh, knowing what something is not as well, like in a person. And so knowing who God is, but also who God is not. And so John then begins to contrast goodness um, with darkness, a light with darkness. And so in this part of the, uh, the text, he talks about a darkness and hate. But then uh, the true light will shine. So there is hope. 
And so when we think about darkness, he says, uh, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. And this darkness has blinded him. And I think about what Pastor Spencer uh, wrote in a recent uh, pastor's note. And these words for me really reflect the heart of a servant leader, a humble servant leader, and, and they're true for me. So I wanted to read these today. As I've been thinking about this injustice and the events going on in our, in our culture recently, I'm also thinking about how I have contributed to the problem of racism. I've been thinking about how I need to repent of my sin as someone who has been too quiet and dismissive or ignorant of what so many people face. Lord, forgive me. And so I say too, these, these words apply to me. Lord, forgive me and help me. We, uh, we know that there is uh, no room for racism and white supremacy in our church and is contrary to the gospel. We condemn uh, both of those in, in all their forms. And so when we live with humility, I think when we live uh, with humility, we all recognize that we have blind spots, uh, the blindness that, that John speaks to. And blind spots affect us in ways that, as, as, it, as the term implies, that we can't, we can't see. And so now here's, here's some good news, the good news too, that John tells us that if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, if we humble ourselves, he who is faithful and just forgives our sins and purifies us from all unrighteousness and goes on and goes on to say from there that we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's an amazing statement that Jesus speaks in our self-defense and speaks for us. To me, it's sometimes I, I imagine that, that we would be standing next to Jesus with the Father. Jesus says, come on, we're going we're gonna to go check in with the Father. And it's like, we're going we're gonna to go talk to the Father. And, it's like, mm. and I'm, uh, I'm thinking, and, and I'm going to talk. And Jesus says, uh, I got this. this. Just let me do the, the speaking here. And Jesus is going to be the character witness. Jesus is, gonna, is going to uh, provide the, uh, the reference for us, if you will. And I would hope uh, for me and maybe for you, too, that Jesus would say something like, uh, God, uh, he's staying humble or she's staying humble. And we've got more work to do, but, but we can do it. And he simply uh, have faith. Uh, he or she has faith in me. And we're, we're going to walk together. And as, gain, as, as he or she gains more trust, gains more trust and lets me do the work. I've already done the work on the cross, but let me empower them to do ministry and do life together. God, we're getting there. I mean, Jesus speaks to the Father in our defense. Amazing. And so as we, uh, as we prepare to close here today, as we prepare to close, uh, John tells us things we can be sure of, things that we can be sure of, and that is that Jesus rids us rids us of self-deception and deception, and that we can know God, and that we can know God really well. And I know that the person that I mentioned earlier, uh, Nancy, who lives in our neighborhood, um, in our neighborhood there's also a great sadness, great sadness these days, because Nancy, who is still reflecting God's glory uh, in amazing ways, as we, uh, as we talk with her, she has a caring bridge uh, a website, if you will. But Nancy is on hospice care. And uh, as she continues to, to glorify God through all she does, 
uh, she and her husband, uh, Mike, uh, the other night as a group in the Fellowship of the Spirit, we, we prayed at their house, myself and Roxanne, and then their church, which is the uh, River Bluff Church uh, near Ozark. And Pastor Scott is, an, is a really great guy and, and friend. As we prayed for them, God revealed himself in many ways. But Nancy, uh, again, is on hospice. And after we, after we prayed together, it was that double rainbow. And God, it was, uh, we thank you. It was a really beautiful night. And today, uh, I want to close uh, with some words from, uh, from Mike, Nancy's husband. And they come from a C.S. Lewis, a Christian author. And C.S. Uh, writes about, about love. And so, uh, hear these words. He has been party to his made, sustained, and moved moment by moment within all our earthly experiences of love. All that was true, all that was true love, in them was, even on earth, far more his than ours, and ours only because his. And Mike says, lastly, so it helps me remember that love conquers all, all racism, sickness, fear, and death we are going through now in 2020. Let's pray together. Holy God, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for assurance and for eternal life and that for fellowship, fellowship in the spirit. And that God, you rid us of all deception and evil. So we just pray, God, uh, we, we, we need more of you. And we confess that God, uh, in our humility, uh, in our humility, have your way with us. It's in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Jesus Christ, my living 
Thanks for being with us today and feel free to share this with your friends. Uh, let's, uh, let's stay humble and uh, let's, uh, let's go with God. Thanks everybody.